Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's V, the Girl Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Hanging with Harley. We have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction. It's the one and only Harley Schlanger. You can find him over at LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. And with that being said, Harley, welcome back. We're finally happy to have you back. Uh, it's a new year, and there's... Still, the fires and the embers have fanned into flames, Harley, so I don't know where you want to go. Well, I, I think there are a couple of things. It, it, it's just worth taking one last look at 2022. Mm. And I think the most significant event toward the end of the year was the admission by Merkel and by yeah. Hollande, the president of France, who were involved in the negotiation of the Minsk Accords oh, yeah. and their admission that they never intended that to be an end to the fighting in eastern Ukraine, but as a time-buying measure to enable the NATO countries to build up the Ukrainian army. Now, that's important on a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, they lied. They lied oh, to yeah. Putin. They lied to everyone else. Uh, secondly, they violated international law. This was something that was negotiated with the UN, with the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Uh, these are binding agreements, but they had no intention of, of doing anything to enforce them. And, and France and Germany were supposed to be the enforcers of the deal made between the Donetsk or, uh, region and Kiev. Right. Uh, now, one further step. These are the people who talk all the time about the rules-based order. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where are the rules? Where is the order? You know, this is an example of why it is that much of the world is scurrying away from the dollar system. There, there have been a series of articles in the last week in the Chinese press, in the uh, Japanese press, uh, in Indonesia and in India about de-Westernization and de-dollarization. Uh. And I think that's what we can be looking forward to in 2023, especially if the West insists that its prescriptions of, of more deregulation, more privatization, more central control at the top above the nation states, if they insist on that, we'll see more breakaway. And I think this is significant because the, the Western countries are saying, why is it that the Southern countries, the global South, uh, are, are not going along with the anti-Russia, anti-China policy? 
And they say, of course, it must be due to really sophisticated Russian disinformation. Well, yeah. you don't need disinformation. It's Western policy that's driving them away. They don't need Putin to tell them that they don't want to be a colony. Yep. Well, you know, Harley, we need to remember how powerful Russian disinformation is because it was during the 2016 presidential elections here in the United States that a $10,000 Facebook ads were able to topple our democracy and put a Russian puppet in government for the next four years until he was taken down mercifully by the pure as, 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 as wind-driven snow Joe Biden. So let's not forget the power of Russian disinformation, Harley. Besides, why would anybody want to hate the West, right? Well, I, I see you probably read the same thread from Matt Taibbi where he cited this uh, Twitter internal investigation into mm. trying to find suspicious uh, posts on Twitter. And they took 2,500 that they thought might be suspicious. And out of those, there were only 32 that were really suspicious. Out of those, there were only two that were Russian, one of which <coughs> was RT, which was less had spent less than 10,000 on an advertisement. Yeah. So the idea that one $10,000 advertisement can bring down the uh, mighty Clinton machine, whoever's it, wielding that kind of power for $10,000. I want them on my side. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> it's incredible. So, the, the revelations also show something that's really quite significant. Hmm. It's not Russian intelligence or the Russian government that's intervening in U.S. elections. It's U.S. intelligence. Yep. In the last couple of days of the year and the first couple of days of the new year, Taibbi has released material which shows that the argument that <clears throat> the Twitter wasn't violating free speech because the free speech, the First Amendment is for the government, no pro no prohibition against government intervention. And as a private corporation, there's no problem. But what these latest posts show and, and threads that it was the government that was going to Twitter and using Twitter to shut down opposition and to look for so-called foreign-based uh, operations, which they, of course, couldn't find. They, they assumed, for example, Hunter Biden's filthy laptop must have been a Russian operation when, in fact, it's clear, as even the New York Times admitted, uh, Hunter Biden is a dirty guy. So, you know, the interesting thing to me is that you still have major media talking about the Russian disinformation campaigns of 2016, of 2020, of Brexit, of the French election, of the midterms, and so on, without a shred of evidence. So, you know, some of these, uh, eventually there will be consequences, and especially the role of the FBI in this, the, the other government agency, which is a reference to the CIA, uh, Actually, my favorite was finding that Adam Schiff, the wonderful former head of the House Intelligence Committee, went to Twitter and asked them to ban Paul Sperry because he didn't like Sperry's articles on Russiagate. Hmm. What can shift that power? 
It's 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 insane. We have some of the most mediocre individuals that are in power in many of the of our of our Western nations. It's it's disheartening, Harley. It's disheartening. These people are egomaniacs. Well, the the first thing that's disheartening is that most of them are corrupt. Secondly, they're not very intelligent, but Correct. they certainly are greedy. Yes, and they're they're looking for whatever they can get out of the uh, elections and out of controlling governments and being on the side of the corporate cartels. But most of them are too stupid to realize that these corporate cartels are in bad shape. They're not going to survive that much longer. Some of them are going to collapse, and so you know the ultimately the consequences for corruption will hit. The question is, will it hit in time to prevent? these corrupt individuals from blowing up the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that remains the, the big $31 trillion question. You know, I like how you brought up the men's agreements because what people need to realize when that was revealed by both Macron, I'm sorry, not Macron, by, uh, uh, by Merkel, and then, of course, with Alain and Poroshenko, that whole meeting that they did in Minsk, that was something that was to be enforced by Germany and France. And, they, and that was just a whole opportunity to buy time. You know, and during that time, during the Minsk Accords in 2015, I remember in northwestern Poland, a training facility that was set up there by NATO where over 30,000-plus Ukrainian troops were, you know, were trained and put back in. All of this to buy time. And the Russians were played. And now the Russians are like, well, you know what? The negotiation is off the table. It's, 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 there's no point in negotiating with the West. And how many times, like, even, you know, even till the, 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 the complete breakdown when you had Ukrainian officials meeting with Russian officials in Turkey and in other spots of the world, I think it was in Turkey, where they were told, listen, just go back to the Minsk agreements. Let's just stick with the Minsk agreements. And this fighting stops, the suffering stops. But it just seems like Washington is not having any of it, Harley. It's terrible. Well, the you mentioned the training. There were at least tens of thousands trained in Canada. Yeah. Uh, the uh, British sent their special forces in to train them in Ukraine. There are now Polish forces inside Ukraine. Uh, this, this is a... It, it is about as close to a world war as you can get. Now, what I find most interesting in terms of Western commentators is this line that keeps coming out that Russia's losing. Just yeah. keep the weapons going and Russia will lose. And then you contrast that with people who actually know something about military affairs like uh, Douglas McGregor yep. uh, or Colonel Scott. Richard Black or Scott Ritter. Uh, or I'm in touch with some generals, retired generals from France and Italy, who are just saying that who is going to be left in Ukraine to fight? 13-year-olds, 75-year-olds? The octogenarian um, class that is in nursing homes, they'll probably even take people out of hospices and <laughs> give, them an, uh, give, them an a, give them an M4 carbine and tell them to go to the front line. Because that's what, the, I mean, pe people are like, you know, I was laughing the other time because people are like, Russians run Russians running out of uh, uh out of weapons they're running out of uh, ammunition and I'm like and I laughed and I said well you know what Ukraine's running out of bodies yeah 
And of course, that's the intent because as Lindsey Graham said, we're going to fight them to the last Ukrainian. It's terrible. Well, we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. Now, you know, the other thing that, that just came up the other day is that Putin uh, made this offer for a truce to yeah. coincide with the Orthodox Christian Christmas. And Zelensky rejected it. He said, this is a sign of Russian weakness. And meanwhile, what's Zelensky doing with the uh, official uh, Orthodox Church in Ukraine? He's taken away their main church in Kiev and given it to the approved Orthodox Church. Uh, he's shutting down the churches. He's shutting down the, the clergy. And I'm sure the people and in Ukraine is, love that. Well, and this is a, a church that rejected the Russian invasion initially. So what's the intent? And then you have the brain-dead culture minister of Ukraine saying we have to cancel all Russian culture. In Latvia, or I'm sorry, in uh, Lithuania, they announced that they, they don't want to ban all Russian culture. They just want to mentally quarantine it. And Zakharova, the Russian foreign ministry spokesman, quipped back, the only mental quarantine that she's aware of is that which has been placed on himself by the culture minister of Lithuania. Yep. Yep. Exactly correct. It's, it's, it's disgusting to see this. And, you know, and I know for a fact that the frontline military people hate Zelensky. You know, they, I know for a fact they hate him. I know the people in Ukraine loathe the man. And if he were to show up to the front lines, Anywhere with actual real military people, not some Azov or some, you know, Bandera, some Banderas who are so favorable to him. They, they shoot the guy dead right then and there. You know, it, it, it's 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 terrible what's happening to Ukraine, Harley. What you saw V on January 1st, which is Bandera's birthday. Mm -hmm. They had the regular parades in Western Ukraine and the Polish premier said it's not right to glorify the Nazi period. So even the, the Poles who have been allies through NATO yeah. don't like it. And part of the, I think we're, what we're going to see is at a certain point, once the Ukrainian army is more worn down and defeated, Poland is going to move in and they're going to have the troops that are deployed in Ukraine to seize part of Ukrainian territory. That's the plan. And NATO as a whole is set to crack as is the European Union. Yeah. And I, I just heard a, a report from someone from the EU Economic Council who said, good news, we're now below 10% increase in inflation for the last month. Oh, that's amazing. What that tells me, they, they figure out a way to, to add some more financial gymnastics to the data so they can brag about being a point or two below 10%. It's not... What an accomplishment. Well, the, the other reason it happened is that they're figuring out a way to, to buy Russian oil and gas without getting it directly from Russia. So the price is lower. Exactly. Unreal. So, I mean, look, I, I think that the key thing is that the question for this year is going to be, will the people take the, 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 the necessary power into their hands? Take it away from the we, look, look at the Congress. Now you have the Republican Party can't even choose a leader when they have the majority. The Democrats are sitting there smirking 
And yet, what do they have? They have the squad. They have AOC. They have uh, Pelosi. You know, there, there's no leadership in Washington, and there's no love for any of the leadership in Washington. And so, you know, the the question is is just hanging out there. Who's going to tell the American people the truth and organize an alternative to this collapsing system? And you know, from my standpoint, I mean, that's part of my job with the LaRouche organization. We have a conference coming up on, on January 8th, sponsored by Diane Sayre, which will include Ray McGovern and um, Scott Ritter speaking with Diane. Uh, I don't think this is on our website yet, but it's um, January 8th. It, you should be able to find it on the Schiller Institute website. And it will be a, a very interesting, yeah, there, no, that's not it either. We've had a lot of conferences recently, but you know we're, we're getting officials from all over the world who are coming and speaking at our conferences because they they want to have an opportunity to have a real dialogue. So that's why Ritter and, and Ray McGovern will be there. Uh, Colonel Corvez, a former top official of, of French intelligence. So you know, just check out the Schiller Institute website in the days ahead. We're behind. I, I, I see you scanning, looking for it. I got to get on the phone and talk to them about getting it posted. <laughs> no worries, Harley. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to do our job of, of getting these ideas out there. And I, I'd really uh, encourage the rogue audience to this year make it your business to be regularly on the Schiller site, uh, the LaRouche organization site, uh, my daily updates that are usually posted around one o'clock or so, actually around 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock Eastern time uh, at the LaRoucheOrganization.com. Very well said. Harley, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this information with us. Any last things you want to mention? Well, um, we will have in, in the current issue of the Executive Intelligence Review a thorough chronology of the Minsk process and then the actual statements issued by Merkel and Hollande. We're trying to figure out what it was that, that Merkel was uh, doing, what she thought she was doing when she made this confession, uh, whether she was doing it to try and get back into good stead with her NATO buddies whether it's true, you, you never really know that. But there's an interesting statement issued yesterday by Pierre de Gaulle, the grandson of Charles de Gaulle, who said that Merkel and Hollande, what they did was disgusting. Uh, it would have his grandfather spinning in his grave. Mm. And he said that we're fortunate that Putin is the leader in Russia and is not inclined to just level the whole West. So there are people in, in that are allies to the United States who are scratching their head saying, what the hell is going on here? And that's a good question for Biden. Does he know any of this? And what's Biden's reaction? I, I haven't heard anything about Biden's reaction to Merkel and Hollande. I, I wonder if someone briefed him on it. Yeah, I think somebody did, and one of the things that I'm hearing that he, I think he actually even uh, I believe he even admitted that he was naive to even believe them, which is sad. You know, it's so <laughs> sad. Yeah, you know, it's these are our allies. Yeah, but you know, I I wouldn't. I, I'm sure that 
There were others in the State Department and the CIA who knew exactly what was going on, even if Biden didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like the great Samuel L. Jackson said in the movie Jurassic Park, the original, hold on to your butts. (laughs) Good advice. Very well said. Absolutely. Harley, thank you so much for joining us again. We're great. We're very happy and very great, you know, glad that you are back. We look forward to having you on again uh, next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Perfect. With that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>